welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today we have a guest for you, Felicia Fro. And she is a physician and also the owner of Money with Mission, an investment company focused on empowering professional women to build wealth and achieve financial freedom through social impact investing. She's also a real estate syndicator and an author of several best-selling books, including How to Create Wealth That Outlives You. So Felicia, welcome to the show and thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. How are you today? Thanks a lot for having me. I'm fantastic. Thank you so much. It's our pleasure to have you here coming on to share a little bit more about your background and how you got started with real estate. It is quite the story. Nobody can quite say physician to real estate. Because you went from full-time physician to now full-time real estate. Yes. And I tell people that medicine is now my side hustle. (laughs) Um, So I do still practice some and it's all very interesting, but I started you know, went to school, got a job, did the whole thing that our parents tell us to do and realized shortly after starting that this wasn't going to be the last thing I was going to do. And it took a while. And I did my first real estate deal in about 2000 and I don't remember, early 2000s, actually, and didn't even realize it was a real estate investor. just didn't even cross my mind. I bought a building with several other female physicians, and we were just going to practice in that building. And in that whole thing, we were working on building a different business alongside that. And one of the women who was not a physician, but had built an insurance business, gave me or told me to go read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it would make a difference in my life. I did, and it did. Not so much. I don't know that it specifically got me investing in real estate, but it specifically got me thinking a lot more about money in different ways and assets and liabilities and all those things that nobody ever talks about in school. Shortly after that, and still in my practice, one of my patients was told me she was a real estate investor. We had had a conversation and she told me she was an investor. And I was very interested. She's young. She flew all over the place. She did what she wanted to do. And a house came across and I asked her to go look at it with me. And she did. She took all the pressure, took all the risk out of the thing because she said to me, if you don't buy it, I'm going to buy it. That's the first competition. I'm a fairly competitive person. So that was like, okay, you got me now. Then she said, I'll let you use my crew to rehab it. And if you buy it, rent it and not, and are losing money, I'll buy it from you. There was no risk. So how could we not do it? So we right. started, we got that one. She didn't have to buy it from us because it performed like we thought it would perform. And we thought we knew everything we needed to know. We promptly proceeded to buy 18 properties in the next two years, all single family. We didn't know, knew nothing about syndication, knew nothing about, I mean, we never thought about multifamily or who owned those big apartment buildings, just wasn't within our boundaries of our blinders. All that was going on just 2006 to 2008. And we all remember what happened in 2008. And I don't know if you caught that I said, we thought we knew what we were doing. In 2008, we found out we didn't know what we were doing. We were very poorly capitalized. We had these loans out and stuff just went to crap. It was very, very, very bad and very hard on us. 
However, after all the dust kind of settled, I realized real estate wasn't the problem. It was me not knowing everything I needed to know. Me as a physician thinking I knew everything I needed to know about real estate, which obviously is completely different from medicine. I don't even think about medicine, but whatever. I felt like I knew everything I needed to know about real estate until that point. So I got decided, okay, this real estate is a good vehicle to do what I want to do, create the passive income, have buy assets. And so I got into the room with people smarter than me in the real estate journey, still practicing full-time at that point, actually. We lived in Hawaii, so way off the mainland, five-hour flight. And I took that flight several times to go to conferences to get in the room with the people that I wanted to be in the room with. And from there, I learned syndication. I learned how to, you know, vet projects, vet sponsors, become a sponsor, underwrite deals. Although I really prefer someone else to underwrite a deal for me and really look at those numbers. I like, as we were talking about before, that whole relationship part and started doing that. Syndicated to multifamily, syndicated a resort property, syndicated a residential assisted living home in Kansas City, Missouri. And that was the one that really started to make me see that we can do more or that there is a social impact component to real estate. And focusing on that for me has been the thing that kept me in the game with regard to real estate. After that, it just seemed like social impact projects just kept coming across my desk. And the next one was a grocery store in a food desert, which seems like that doesn't how you make money on a grocery store, which was actually my question. And while it doesn't make a lot of money, just the fact that we got this one there and it was we decided it was going to be our pilot project to be a franchise, got that built. That was just huge for this community because there was no grocery store. There had been no grocery store here for over 10 years in this North Tulsa community. I moved to Tulsa because of that grocery store. And then like a lot of things that happen in business, the partnership fell apart. That grocery store is now a standalone with one of the other partners. And I'm still, I'm out here doing impact projects and helping other professional women connect to vetted sponsors and deals so that they can begin their investing career while they're still doing their W-2 or whatever their 1099, whatever their full-time work is, can get into this game of investing. So I guess there's a lot to unpack there because <laughs> you've been doing this for quite some time and there's yes. a lot of stories in there as well and lessons learned and how you are able to build yourself up to where you are today. I guess my first question is, back in 2008 timeframe, when that whole real estate situation happened and things didn't go quite as what you expected to for it to go down and planned. You realized that real estate wasn't the issue. It was what you thought about real estate and how you approached it. Mm-hmm. So when you decided to start looking at different opportunities in real estate, what was the difference in how you approached it going forward? So when we had our first properties, we had our 18 properties and we were managing them. We were everything for it. Rehab, we did everything. There was no team effort in that thing. It was me and my husband doing the whole thing. We're trying to put 18 houses on the market at the same time. That Just tell anybody who wants to try to do that. It doesn't work if you're doing it by yourself. 
my husband is a little stubborn and he's a perfectionist. So he did want to do that. And then we, 2008 hadn't happened yet. Then it happened. And we realized we probably could have saved them all if we had the capital behind it to keep it going. And we did not. So we bought with the plan that he was going to do the rehab. So that's saving money, right? And then the whole thing just kind of fell apart and it wasn't going to work. I guess my mindset around it, I was reading books. I was still talking to people and it was just like, yeah, real estate's not the problem here. This was us. It took a while for me to realize exactly what the problem was and that it was the capitalization. We didn't have enough money and we didn't have a team. So for me to get back in the game, I had to make some sacrifices. I had to leave Hawaii, went to a practice that gave me a big signing bonus because my credit was in the toilet. And I could use that cash to buy properties, which if you remember, foreclosures were all over the place. So I could buy foreclosures. I had money to then rehab them. And I hired a team. I hired a go back to that woman who started me with that first property. She introduced me to property managers who could help me manage the properties while I was actually living in California and my properties were in the Midwest. So that was my biggest, biggest lesson was have a team and then have people smarter in the room teaching you and helping you to see your blind spots and help you know what you don't know. That makes sense? Yes. Okay. And surrounding yourself with the people to kind of guide you along the path, because like you said, there are things that you don't know, things that you don't know how to experience or you haven't faced in your career before at this point. And so by leveraging their experiences and their expertise, it would help maneuver the path and kind of pave the way a little bit easier than if you were to go it alone. Exactly. And so many times we want to make the mistake. Well, we don't think about making a mistake. We just want, we can do it. I can do it. And what I've learned is that there are mistakes to be made all the time. And you can make your own mistakes or you can learn from somebody else's mistakes. So learning from somebody else's mistakes is way cheaper than learning from your own mistakes. Mistakes cost a lot of money. And the more painful they are, as far as financially, the more you learn. (laughs) So it was a little bit challenging to get back up because you had to make some lifestyle changes. You had to move around a little bit to figure out where you wanted to situate to be the most successful in that. And during all this time, were you still practicing? You said you were still practicing medicine as well. It was full-time practice. Yes. Yes. So practicing medicine is, it's not an easy job also. (laughs) And so you're also doing that on top of like real estate investing and trying to figure out and maneuver the path for it. How did you take a look at your schedule and what you were doing in medicine and being able to accommodate in your life additional activities like real estate? Yeah, great question. And I woke up very early in the morning. So I would, number one is the team, okay? I didn't have to do everything. The most of my doing was learning and managing the managing the managers essentially which who were very good and didn't need a lot of management. So that was number one. The team is huge if you're going to be doing it yourself. Learning, continual learning, continual personal development, continual just being out there and seeing, working to see as much as you can and spending time with people who've seen more than you have was the more of a challenge for the continual learning, it's getting up early. I would be up at like five in the morning, work till seven, get ready to go to work at seven, get to work at eight, work till whenever I was finished. 
and then I'm back home. Now, my children were grown and out of the house at this point, so I didn't have that family dynamic to have to deal with. There's just me doing it. And actually, I forgot my daughter did come home after college and stayed with me for a while. But again, she's grown. She could cook dinner for me. But that was the main thing. Vacations were not vacations on the beach. Vacations were spent in conference rooms, spending lots of time around lots of people networking and just getting around, again, the right people, the people that I felt would help me advance in the way that I wanted to. And you don't always know who those people are. It's just a matter of getting in rooms and having an idea of what you're working to do. And what I thought I was working to do didn't turn out to be where I am right now. But again, it was about getting in those rooms. You find out what you don't like, find out what you do like, you find out again, I don't really like that. And then you ultimately get to where you want to be. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. So when you were rebuilding yourself up in real estate and you surrounded yourself with the right people, the right mentors, groups, and community... How did you overcome that first challenge? I think you also mentioned your credit wasn't impacted by what had happened with your other houses. And then so financially, how were you able to get to that first deal coming out of that situation? And then how did you start to build yourself up from there? Yeah. So again, when I left my practice in Hawaii and moved to the practice in California, I purposely chose someplace that I didn't necessarily want to live there, but that because not a lot of people wanted to live there, they were paying a lot of money, number one, and they were giving a very large bonus to come there to work. So that upfront cash got me back into the real estate game so I could buy things with cash. And that's what I had to do. And it was just over the next, I don't know, I'm going to tell you, my credit score was in the 500 range. Over the next two years, it went to 800 and I was back in real estate I had four properties by that time. The money they gave me that I got at that bonus was three houses and two cars. And we were on our way. And it was just a matter of then getting everything paid, getting just doing all the things that traditional financing tells you to do to build your credit. There was nothing magic about that at all. The other thing about it was that it was scary to walk away and really be in that position. I knew enough about credit and credit scores and real estate to know that you don't necessarily have to have credit to buy properties. So I had that in my mind. So it was a little less scary, but it was still very scary, the position that I was in. So now today, you focus a lot on helping other people with their financial journey if they haven't started or if they're looking for ways to get involved in real estate. And so In today's environment, what are some of the first things that you, as people are coming into real estate and wanting to start building up their wealth, what are some of the things that you take a look at it and you say, these are some of the steps that you can take to get you started? Yes. So we have a wealth builders community 
wealth build hers. And I've talked to several women who we start talking and about having your entities in line, having your attorney, having an accountant, having a bookkeeper, having all this team before you even really get into investing in real estate. We talk about having your mind around what you're working to do, because that does determine how you're going to invest. We get our minds around how much you're willing to lose. So if somebody comes in and says, I've got $150,000 to invest, my first question is, how are you going to feel if that all goes away? If you lose it all, what's going to happen? The most recent person said, well, I'll just have to keep working a little bit longer. And it didn't seem like a very intense thing. You know, of course, you're going to feel losing $150,000 if you invested in something, of course. But if you know that it's not going to be the end of your life, if that happened, then you are ready to me to begin investing and you're ready to get that team built up. And most people that are coming into our club do not have that team built up, but we have, again, vetted those people. Again, you probably have gone through just like a lot of real estate people, attorneys, accountants that just ultimately don't fit. And it, we try to take away that burden, that frustration of trying to find the right people to fit how you are and your personality. And at what point for you, Felicia, that you realized you wanted to make the switch and have real estate be your full-time focus and medicine be your side hustle? That's so... The the win, it was a very... hmm, I think I realized it a lot earlier than I was actually able to do it. I'm going to say probably right when I started my last position in California, I knew that ultimately this is where I was going to be. And it took 11 years of being there and working and building back up to be able to step aside. That's incredible. And I love the fact that you recognize it, but it still took time to build it up and you didn't make, I mean, some people can be really successful by making it and all going on all in, but you had a plan on figuring out what are the steps to get me to that comfort level to be able to make that switch. So then for you, at what point did you feel comfortable enough to make that switch after 11 years? I'm going to say I wasn't comfortable when I did it. It was a matter of it's time. It's time as much as tired of medicine as ready to really give this a go. And again, my mindset is if it doesn't work, you'll always have your MD, you always have your licensing, and you can always go back and do that again if that's what you have to do. So what do you have to lose? Off I went. And it was not comfortable. I don't want to make it seem like it was, oh yeah, I'm ready and everything's going to be hunky-dory. It's like, oh my gosh, what if this? What if that? What if all the what-ifs went through my head? And you have your outside what-ifs too. And my parents were, what if? What are you doing? You're a doctor. What are you? Uh, it was a very interesting conversation. And ultimately it was just, I kept it to myself. My children knew because they were very supportive and off we went. What was the mindset behind it or what were the thoughts that helped get you past those what ifs and that fear? Always go to what's the worst thing that can happen. What is in every single thing? And people think I'm negative when this comes out of my mouth. It's it's not negative. For me, it's not negative. It's can I mitigate that problem? Can I survive whatever that worst case scenario is that I can imagine right now? And if the answer to that is yes, then I'm going to go for it. So Felicia, what's next for you? I'm working to keep building this business, Money with Mission, help more and more and more professional women have options in their life by building passive income, having just to be able to either stay in your position, whatever you're in, and 
know you could leave if you want to, or if you're in some position, whether it's a financial, whether it's a job, a marriage, a relationship, a whatever, and you don't want to be there, you now have options to leave that. And then to have as much impact as possible, it is about leaving a legacy, having people be healthy. And for me, healthy is as much about food and what you put into your body as it is about medicine and surgery and all those kinds of things, which is a whole nother conversation about why I wanted to leave medicine. But it is, if I can get healthy food or help people access healthy food and all over the country, all over the world, I think that would make me the happiest person ever. It would really make me satisfied. And how has real estate investing impacted your life? (laughs) I think if I had not found real estate investing, I would be unhappy practicing medicine and feel like I had to stay here until whatever retirement age is at that time. And for me, that was unfair to all the patients that I had to treat being there and not really being with them, being having my own significant emotional issues around what I was doing. So it's made me much happier. I feel much lighter inside. It is given me the ability to see that there are multiple options in our lives, no matter what it looked like, there's always something else that you can do. And what I want everybody to realize is there's always a choice. You may not like your choices, but there's always a choice. And it's a very freeing and powerful thing to me to be able to realize that there is always a choice. And what is the one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? The whole team part is huge, number one, that you need is more than just you doing every doing the thing. Having enough money to be able to do it all, it seems like it's a very simple thing. But when you buy your own house, you need the money to get into the house and then you have your job and you're going to just keep paying it. The having some extra on the side when you have your real estate properties is very important. Those are the big ones. What else do I wish I knew? I wish I had actually some of the mindset that I have now to have started a little earlier that would have made things, I just think it would have been really, really cool to have been able to walk away and be completely out of the everything and just have all the impact I want right now. <laughs> it just, what I've learned is that things just take time. Do you have a journey? You walk your journey, you do your thing. I was at a course last couple of weeks ago. It was like, if you're doing everything right, no matter what's happening, it's not wrong. Everything is for your greater good. Even if it feels like the worst thing that could be happening, just accept that it is and keep going forward. And what is the one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate? Mm, mindset, 100%. That being able to see past an obstacle, being able to see past, this is to keep be successful in anything, being able to see beyond the wall in front of you, whether that wall is an actual wall or a person wall or a mindset wall, to see past that, to get to the other side and know that there is a whole bunch of sunshine and green grass over there. Alicia, where can our listeners find out more about you and what you're doing? You can go to moneywithmission.com and there is a ton of resources on there. There are opportunities on there where you can look and see, find out about our Wealth Builders Club and some different potential investment opportunities and go on there and schedule a call. Let's talk. I'm very open and fairly easy. Schedule's kind of tight, but we can get something on the books. Awesome. Felicia, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate all of your time. Thank you, Eileen. I appreciate it. Had fun. Thank you. It was my pleasure. 
And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.